Selfmakers, bom menina, Selfmade, seu episódio 13. Agora nós seguimos com meu amigo Hans. Hans, bem-vindo. Para você saber, essa ida vai ter um primeiro episódio em inglês, para sobrar, dependendo de qual invitado nos 13 de episódio aqui. Sim, é mais fácil para não papo inglês, papo espanhol, nós lo adaptamos isso aí. Então, essa ida para mim episodio de Selfmade, para você saber, de inglês. Então, Hans, bem-vindo ao show. Obrigado, obrigado por me having me. Hans aqui é muito close to me in the sense that I eat food from his business every single day that you probably saw on my Instagram stories by now. But before we get into that, I want to get into your past. Before you came to Aruba, you were working in Europe. And when I met you, you told me that you used to work for Google, right? So from the people that don't know you that well, could you specify a bit what you used to do? Um, yeah, sure, yes. Um, yeah, I come from Amsterdam, the Netherlands indeed. Um, Before I came here, um, I worked for an um, yeah, assignment uh, for Google. Um, so in general, I was yeah, responsible for the, yeah, let's say, the health and safety on all locations in Europe. Um, um, in general, everything that has to do with influencing the, um, yeah, what is it, the health and safety of the employees that can be working with things in data centers, which can harm them. Um, can be building wires, can be um, yeah, slip or fall. You know, of course, you have big warehouses where forklifts, trucks are driving. Um, so we're mainly responsible for, to, for the safety product to, to keep, you know, make sure that there are, um, the, the, yeah, the assignment was zero accidents, um, uh, but even a, a little cut somewhere or somebody slips is already. So everything you know, in regards to safety. Then. Everything in regards to safety. Um, so that made us make a program and, you know, um, train and make people aware of taking care of each other and working in environments, you know, which is as safe as possible. You can imagine if you work with thousands of people that it's like a traffic and big sites where a lot of things happen, um, um, like a small village uh, almost. Yeah. So um, in that sense, we were yeah, able to, to make program to keep safety as the number one priority. And then when you started working, you know, for them at the beginning, I'm guessing you weren't in charge for a group that big. Like, did you start with a smaller charge? Because you said by the end, you were basically in charge of the safety for all of Europe when it came to them. Um, no, they, 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 I was, um, I was, yeah, headhunted via LinkedIn. Okay. So they, um, uh, they contacted me uh, via LinkedIn um, and I had an application and I directly started in that role for Europe. Of course, my past previous work was in Bern, but I, I started uh, that as responsible manager for the Europe region. So all their locations throughout Europe. And then you said that you were basically contacted via LinkedIn. What was it? Did you do anything out of the ordinary to, to make your LinkedIn more attractive for someone like that to see you on the radar or no? Um, yeah, I have to say that before that, the last year, two years in my previous job where I worked for about eight years, I was updating my LinkedIn more um, with more basic, um, more specific information. So what it really was about, because you can, of course, write a job title and people may think, okay, I know what a safety manager is, or I know what a human resources manager is or whatever, you know, a job you're doing at the moment. But I made it quite practical by mentioning things and projects which I had done to make visible what I knew and what I was doing. And I have to say that was also one of the main things the recruiter contacted me because the safety director was, 
really looking for a more hands-on practical uh, person yeah. than someone directly had um, six or ten years experience or the university degree that was needed for the for the job um, and I didn't even have the 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 university degree or papers that were required for the job officially so then what do you think was it that you know really got them to look at you a second time um, I think basically is they're looking for the best people but also for um, people that get things done um, um, and are really hands-on in in the case of getting, you know, you set your goals, you set your deadlines, and you make sure it gets done. And I think um, that they're looking m more past the certain experience or the certain paper you have, and more like what kind of person is it, and does he get things done? Now, w what advice would you give for someone to be able to level up their, their LinkedIn? Like at least maybe some bullet points that you would really advise. Um, I think really advice is that due to the day-to-day -day things in your work, um, uh, um, a lot of things you always talk about is hey, what went wrong or what can go, can go better. That's of course a good thing to always hey, try to improve and make yourself better. But um, sometimes you go too fast past your, you know, your highlights, the things you got done. And, I think it's good to just review monthly for yourself. Hey, what did I get done this month in my job? And um, make it maybe more specific. Like, um, you know, we, we did a project with some people and we improved um, a system in our company or something else. So to make it more smart um, and practical, but also review because mostly you have achieved a lot more than you generally are aware of if you don't look back for yourself. Now, if you tell me that even though one of the requirements that they were looking for and the people that they hire is to have a college university degree, and you told me that in this case you didn't finish the university or college, right? What were some things that you did add on or stack up to educate yourself, you know, to still keep being a more efficient person? Um, yeah, basically in my, um, my work before, I was a lot um, eager to learn more about the job itself. So to ask a lot of questions, to um, meet a lot of other people um, which had the similar jobs or jobs related to my work and just uh, brainstorm and uh, talk with them to learn more about uh, certain things and to really yeah, go in depth on certain things so that I know sure I know everything about it or I know a lot more than other people in my field. So real self-education. And with this, you mean that even, so after working hours, you still try to educate yourself on how to be better at the job you're doing? Yeah, yeah, and I, I have to say, I also had the freedom on doing that in my, in my, during my work hours also. Um, just, you know, make yourself better. And if you need to get something done, you maybe Google it or you ask other people to, to do it the best way possible. And that's also a thing you directly learn other facets that's connected to the job. Now, before you were working, like you told me with Google, right? Were you also enjoying the jobs that you had before that? Because I think a lot, not, um, not a lot of people right now, maybe they work, but they're just waiting for that clock to hit, you know, 5 p.m., 6 p.m., and they just want to rush home and relax. So I think 
they don't enjoy what they're doing as a job, but did you enjoy it or did you just, you know, set your mindset to it is what it is? No, I mostly, I, I liked what I was doing. Um, and I, um, yeah, it sounds strange, but I was like, um, Sunday, like, oh, tomorrow we can start, you know, we are the product, we can improve this or we can do that. So in that way, I, um, of course, previous, I had maybe some jobs that if I went, I was there for a year that I thought I was okay, I don't like it anymore, but that was also the things, okay, then I need to do something different. So, um, but especially, especially for that, um, yeah, we had a lot of great things. We could um, have our own input. We could do things and improve things. So if you do something you like, I think, then you're not counting like, is it five o'clock or, um, yeah, no. Do you think you, you have a way or maybe a tip on how someone can change their perspective on how they look at work? Like maybe improve their work ethic? Um, yeah, it's a good question. I think in general, um, if you look at work and of course you need to also, you know, have a chance to get the job you want. But in general, if you, if you do what you like, I think the ethics, the work ethics or doing it or getting the right motivation is there because you do something, you know, you, you want to do and to like, and it's also, um, you cannot be there yet, so you can also be studying and doing a job in between, but you can also see it as, okay, this is a learning experience, this job. I don't want to do it over five years, but I want to do what I do now the best as possible, so I want to learn. And so then yeah, it's a lot of asking questions from other people, maybe supervisor or manager, and getting the best out of it at that moment, so that at least you're not doing a nine to five, or if you're working at night or in an evening, then at least you're, the time you're making it, you have to spend the time there anyway, because you get paid, so then it's at least trying to learn from it and getting yourself, you know, uh, learning more and getting better. Yeah, it makes sense, because as you said, if it's something that you either, maybe not even at the level of being passionate about, but if you like it or care about it, then I think you would even be interested in wanting to be better at it, like you said, right? Because again, during work hours, you try your best to be better at that. So is that something that, again, you adopted at a later age in life or were you always sort of like that since a younger age? Um, yeah, I think I was always wanting to learn and to know things. Uh, but to come back to Google, what they really do good is um, my first three weeks there, I did not do anything regarding my job. I went to a warehouse. I went to a driver with a truck. I went to... Um, inbound department um, to learn the company, but I did all the jobs the other people do. Um, and also then I try to ask a lot of questions. How do you do it? What do you do? Um, in order to learn what they do, but in order also if you work together, you understand directly if you need to do something with safety. Okay, what is involved? What is the impact? And um, But doing cost trainings in, the, in companies, I think that's also an important thing to make a company better. So I would advise all managers and to cross-train staff at least a few days um, to understand each other better, each other's department better. Um, if something goes wrong, it's easy to directly say, hey, you, did, you made a mistake, but then you already know how the other person is working, what he needs to do. So you maybe understand where the mistake is coming from or, um, and it also makes the own job better. 
So that's... Um, and then this first three weeks that you were everywhere, basically, is that something that you requested or is that just how Google does it? Um, that's how it's done. Okay. Yeah, yeah. At least for the part of my role. I don't know if they do it with every, every role, but um, that role of me, of course, was also impacted on every person. So it can be that somebody from an IT department has it less because his... His role maybe doesn't affect every single person in the company, um, uh, but in general, it's an important, uh, I think, thing in every company to understand from everyone, your colleagues, what they are doing and how it is working. And then for you, what is the difference or some of the skills that were required more when you compare, again, working from a high position that you're responsible for thousands of people compared to being a small business owner, for example? Um, yeah, in the end, the, bi the big difference, of course, it's some, something else if you're owner of your own company yeah. and in the sense of working for an employer. But in the way of working, I think there's no difference because if you like, again, you know, like what you're doing, you want to improve things, make things better. Um, you do something with your also personal goals, so you want to achieve something. So I think that comes from within yourself. So in that way, there's... Um, uh, you I think you never should be heading towards I want to achieve a high frequency or a good paid job, but you want to achieve something, doing something you like. And I think that's the most important. I think it's cool that you just said that because I, I read something very similar in a book that I like a lot. I think Milo also knows about this. Um, well, what I learned, what I read basically is that people focus a lot on who they want to become, so more like a label, right? I want to achieve this status or either this amount of pay instead of focusing on what they want to do, right? So there's a difference between your focus is who I want to be, which is more of a title, or just what you want to do, which is what makes you happy, which right, makes yeah. a huge difference. Yeah, yeah. So in your case, even when you were working back there now and what you're doing now for a living, you're enjoying both, right? Yes, for sure. And I'm getting less paid now, but I made the decision to do it, um, to do something, you know. Um, um, I believed in with my wife and um, doing something you like and, and not because it's paid more or, uh, or whatever. So before we get into your business right now, what, was, what caused the transition basically to change from where you were and deciding to come to Aruba, open your own business? What caused that? Um, basically, um, the right moment in, okay, um, um, making a big change at the moment in our lives, we were, I think, 33, my wife 31, of eight, and like, okay, um, we both have a good job, um, which we could probably do a long time, um, but we still had a small dream, like starting and um, yeah, like a food cafe uh, for ourselves. It was always uh, like um, a small dream, you know, like, hey, maybe it's nice to do it and you talk about it and then you forget it for a while and then things move on. And during holidays here, um, we just, yeah, thought, hey, uh, there's qu quite a lack of uh, healthy food options in a nice concept on the island. Is it something we can do? And um, yeah. We investigated it a little bit more and a little bit more and yeah, that went on for about two years and then we just say, hey, if we want to do it, we now both have a good job, but 
we we're still able to make a change you know uh, move and and start something up and the energy for it so let's do it now so it was also basically like it was also a turning point like you have to make the decision because if you don't make the decision it will it will not happen anyway so you have to just go for it and see what will what will happen and then why is it that again when you decided to to open a small business was there a reason why you wanted it to be focused on health or no um yes it's it's something um what i said that we we saw that um, the options on aruba were limited um it's it's a little bit m uh, better now uh, for sure but two years ago it, w it was even more limited and um, also for ourselves so we wanted to do something with a purpose you know so in uh, in the end we want to um, to offer healthy options but in a nice um, good looking way um, and to in the end that is still our belief we want to really influence the way people eat and think about their own health and situation Right, for the ones who don't know, by the way, this business that we're talking about is One Happy Bowl. Um, for those of you that see my story, I eat One Happy Bowl every single day, basically, and I still don't get tired of it, which is weird because I get tired of food that I eat the same very often. But what I like the most about this product of yours is I always liked whenever you can go to a restaurant and customize what it is that you're going to eat. For me, this feature is the most fun because, again, when you see a menu, the dishes are fixed already, right? But when you see all the ingredients and you can pick what you want to eat, it's, it's so much better. So what can you tell us about the menu? How did you decide to put all those items on it? Um, yeah, we want to create also an informal, more casual um, way of concept. So um, um, it's not like um, a fine dining or you get directly serve at the table so it's quite casual you can you can enter and we want to create what you said also an um unhealthy football but in a way that you can you can decide what you want so we thought okay how can we what's the best way to do it and um of course we came from amsterdam so there are a lot of quite similar concepts there and we thought okay how can we translate that to um to aruba um so we thought okay with the aruba is known mostly also outside Aruba as one happy island. So we thought, okay, we want to, in the end, we want to make people happy and maybe change a little bit the way of how they eat and maybe, uh, yeah, what I said, eh, maybe a little bit more healthy lifestyle and thinking about your own health. So we thought, okay, let's make it a one happy ball. Uh, so it's connected to, um, to Aruba, to one happy island in I the see. sense of, okay, you'll be, you'll be happy when eating it because you created it yourself. So you, you choose your own base, your own sauce, uh, your own toppings. Um, and that afterwards you also feel uh, good about it. So that was the main purpose um, yeah, of creating the, the menu. Now, so, so that people have a better understanding of it, w the, one of the first things that you can choose when you create the bowl is the base, right? So you choose the carbs, which is uh, quinoa or rice, zucchini noodles also, some of the options. And then when you get to choose the premium topping, some of these are very creative food, food items that in a plant-based way still make the food, you know, tasty. So like, what are a few that you can still explain that are most creative or that you get the best feedback from? 
Um, yeah, as, as you mentioned, we have the premium toppings. You also see them sometimes as like a meat or fish replacement for people that are uh, not used to plant-based food, um, but still want to something taste likey on the on the bowl. So um, we 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 make weekly specials. So we change weekly specials that can be um, um, like a pulled pork, but then with jackfruit. So you get the same flavor. Um, but it's from the jackfruit we pulled and we, may, we flavor them ourselves. Um, we have the watermelon tuna, uh, which is quite a popular one, um, which is yeah, basically watermelon, but due to the way uh, we make it, it has the same taste and structure as tuna. It was almost like a tatami sort of thing, right? Correct, yes. Yeah. yes, yeah. yes. So and that's uh, the way we, uh, we try to experiment and um, uh, yeah, and what you said, some toppings are are favorite, and some are also favorite, but we keep on a weekly changing um, items. So even um, an eggless salad, which is quite the uh, same taste as an egg salad, but yeah. without eggs. Um, and we have s smoked salmon from carrots. So um, we have a lot of um, premium toppings, which are, um, uh, we say, um, uh, plant-based, but which is close to the experience for people to uh, uh, fish or uh, meat taste. It's crazy because, again, since I, I eat a lot um, at your place and I posted on my social media already that together with Rene Wilt and the meals that I eat um, from your place, we could combine it in a sort of meal plan and workout plan where I managed to lose a lot of pounds already in a few weeks. So, so it was great because, again, with the uh, uh, barbecue jackfruit, for example, it's like I was eating carne mechada, you know, so the, the arepa meat. No. But you're just eating, again, a fruit or a vegetable that is seasoned a certain way where you still please your taste buds, right? Because it's like almost in a way you're eating some junk food sort of thing. But it's still healthy and, again, low calories if you compare it to what you would have eaten in the first place. So it was perfect for me in the way that I had to lose weight but still eat good food so I could... It's like a win-win situation. That's why I was very happy with, with your products. But one thing that I want to ask you as a small business owner, how was this COVID situation for you specifically? Um, yeah, very hard. I think uh, for as good as most businesses probably, um, as yeah, the island, I think it's 89% relies on the tourism. Um, due to also before Corona, we, have a, we had a lot of, um, local customers, uh, we still have, uh, um, I think about 60, 70% if you compare it to tourists, so that's, that's high. Um, but of course, also Corona hit uh, everyone, so yeah. um, everyone spent less on eating outside because it costs money and maybe without a job or getting paid less, um, there are no tourists, so that also hit our company, of course, hard. Um, um, so that made us also, you know, focus more on on delivery, and um, we already always had a high takeout volume. So people just grab a bowl to get for lunch during work or something else. Um, and it also decided us to, yeah, innovate our concept a little bit more, which we will launch the coming weeks. Um, because, yeah, as you said, Corona is now, but it won't be any difference within one month yeah. or two months. So it's also, again, for me and my wife to keep on, you know, innovating and um, not getting lazy also. Um, so it's also a chance to 
be extra creative now to, to survive, but also to make the company more sustainable for the future. And then the times that I spoke with you on the phone, I see that aside from One Happy Bull, you also keep yourself very busy coming up with new ideas to do other things. Where does this energy and drive to create stuff actually come from when it comes to you? Um, yeah, I think it's also just um, getting ideas. And um, again, I'm, I'm quite practical. So um, sometimes you have an idea and you want to, you know, um, get it done. Yeah. Um, and sometimes, mostly I also want to get ideas mostly that are also for benefit others, you know? So I also like to to help out others and um, and combine that with creativity. And um, so that's maybe something a little bit of a teaser I can already give away because I, you asked about Corona and of course it hit hard. And yeah. I thought, okay, maybe good concepts, companies that are were doing good before Corona have now struggling. Maybe they cannot pay the rent for the building they own and uh, maybe the business stops. So they made me think, hey, why don't the small businesses don't you know find each other easily and saying hey i'm have it difficult do you have it difficult maybe we can work together because if you work together um you are more strong but it also makes um things easier in the sense of uh, getting a concept maybe share a building or or a space and um so we as one of people also what i said innovating the concept so that means that we're going to work together with others and we're gonna also launch a morning and an evening concept next to our lunch concept. But in that way, we're making our business better, but we're helping each other. So that is an example of creativity, but also making it practical in the sense of um, waiting and talking, but just trying it and getting it done. But in the end, also doing something good because we help each other in that way. And then how was this? You reached out yourself to other two businesses that came to mind? Uh, yeah, in general, I just called some people and just say, hey, I've did a day. I'm looking maybe for people that want to do something in the evening or in the morning that is in line with our concept. And in that way, I came in touch with other people that also wanted to start, but it's difficult now because of the, you know, um, they don't have money at the moment or, or not enough or um, no good space of location or and not finalize the concept. So um, in, in, in now in the moment, we, we brainstorming together to make it, you know, uh, um, good and maybe, yeah, hopefully perfect in that sense where, yeah, we help out, so. And then oh. as a creative entrepreneur yourself, what would you advise to people, young people like myself, that again, are creative, have a lot of ideas or possible business ideas popping into their head 24 seven, like, what is your approach to trying to make that into reality? Um, I think, um, yeah, best is to, if you have an idea and you think it can work out, just write it down. And mostly you have a, a gut feeling from yourself, hey, this can be something. And um, the only thing you will know for sure is if it works, if you try it. Because in the end of the day, you'll have people telling you it's a good idea and you have, be, you have people that will be telling you it's a bad idea but you will never find out if you're not trying it. So um, you have to try things and, and learn in the end. And um, I think every business in the beginning or every entrepreneur um, tries something, maybe it doesn't success, 
succeed. He tries again, tries again, tries again. But in the end, um, if you are, if you hold on and you keep on trying, you you will get there, and that's the only way. What are what are some things then, Hans, that before you opened your own business, that you didn't really know or you weren't good at, that at the end of these two years that you own this business, you improved that. So what are some skills that you gained? Um, I think also, um, also, you know, networking, I did it already, but um, of course I was also new here. So we came here, we didn't know anybody. Oh, so uh, two years ago when you came to open your business, that's uh, when you came to the island? To correct, the yes, open. yes. I came about a few months before, yes. So, um, um, uh, especially Aruba, I think a lot of, everybody's nice, willing to help, so, um, especially on the island, networking is also important to find the right people that can, you can help you, can advise you, um, can coach you, and um, I think that's the main thing. I have a, a lot of people that I meet up weekly or monthly just to get their experience and knowledge about certain things that um, could be of impact for myself or my company. And then in the aspect of your company, I see that you're very active on Instagram, for example. For you, how important is it to have like an online presence for your business? Um, yeah, nowadays that's uh, essential. Um, in the end, people make photos of everything, post it on Instagram. If it's either visiting family or making photos of the food. Um, so um, in that way, it's it's a total concept. You only don't make the food, but you also make the food because um, it has to look good because you know people are gonna make pictures and that will influence maybe others to visit your place. So in the end, social media is is key nowadays for every company to be successful. I think especially again during COVID, maybe it's an extra factor that helps you keep advertising in people's faces, right? Especially now that things are harder. Yes, yes. So, so I think that, again, if, if, you, if I could ask you for someone that hasn't gone to your, to your restaurant yet, right? And someone that isn't vegan, because a lot of people label vegan as something that they wouldn't try if they're meat eaters or animal product eaters. I think you told me once that most of your customers aren't even vegans or, or officially vegans, right? Um, no, I think 95% is not vegetarian or vegan but they just come to, um, to get a healthy meal um, and because they like it. And um, in general, we also, we are not telling people to become vegan or to become vegetarian. We just say, hey, um, just try to balance your life and take a look, hey, do I nowadays take a healthy meal um, and my lifestyle and um, try our balls and we hope to contribute in that. And um, our message, um, um, is not to be um, pushing vegan or but in general to just hey try the ball and see if you like it um, take grab a healthy uh, meal and um, that's the only thing I think it's perfect that you say that because one thing that people find the most obnoxious from other vegans is when they try to force you to become one you know that, that's a, a popular thing sometimes I think among vegans so the fact that you say that most of your customers aren't it's really cool because me myself, I'm not a vegan, right? But then again, now 66.6% um, .6 of my meals every day is plant-based. 
And then the effect that you get, you get the results of feeling better because as I spoke with Rene last week, you feel differently after you eat a plant-based healthy meal than after you eat a, a healthy animal-based meal. So it's, it's a completely different feeling. So no. again, I would advise everyone that hasn't tried going to Happy Bowl yet to try it because again, you serve lunch, but you also have what, breakfast, desserts? Uh, yes, correct. Um, and um, um, and soon, what I said, we will um, launch also something for the morning in the evening. Um, and basically, it's also we want to be creative. We um, we also have a monthly high tea, and we make all kind of snacks and bites um, just to experiment uh, with plant-based food and taste. Um, and that again, we get 100% of the people coming is local. Um, Again, most of them, of almost all of them, are not vegan or vegetarian, but they like it and they come back monthly, um, um, just because of the taste experience and to, um, um, yeah, to eat something different. So it's um, um, it's next to the to the to the balls. It's um, yeah, sweet items and but all items are um, eh, if we have cupcakes or something else. Um, of course, it's not a vegetable for fruit, but we make it um, more healthy by not using refined sugars or sweeten them with dates. So um, um, basically everything we have is at least a version more healthy than you will get somewhere else. You told me you're one of the few restaurants that is 100% plant-based, everything on the menu? Um, I think we're the only one, for as far as I know, on the island that's 100% plant-based. So, so you have, again, nothing on your menu that is animal-based products? Then. Correct, yeah. If you buy a brownie with us, it is 100% vegan, but great taste uh, of any brownie you, uh, you know. And again, from during this COVID period, you told me that now you do daily deliveries also? Correct, yes. Uh, we do daily de deliveries. Um, we Two weeks ago, we launched our own app, so you can download it in the App Store. Um, you can create your own bowl, so you don't have to choose a fixed one, which is possible, but you can choose your own toppings, click on order, and, um, and we deliver it. So it's an easy way to try out a uh, bowl for one time. Well, guys, in Ambostak, we see the Bera, Bosawake Poskuma, and the Bosagerba Pes of Alchemin Purba, an alternative mas healthy. Check out Hansu, su restaurant Happy Bowl, Narensans Marketplace. And though, Mida Sigurku, Kubosu Begustele. Hans, thank you for, thank for you. coming on the Thanks show. Thanks for having me.